This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Now, if you're a Bears or Cubs or Bulls fan, you might recognize our next guest's voice right off the bat. After nearly 50 years of sports broadcasting and over 3,500 sports events under his belt, George Offman made a jump to podcasting, chronicling the stories of major Chicago figures. Now, he's written a book with the same name called Tell Me Something I Don't Know, Conversations with Chicago Sports Legends. And he joins us now in studio to discuss. Welcome, George. So good to meet you. My pleasure, Sasha. Thank you very much. And we have another local sports legend here in the <laughs> studio, WBEZ sports contributor Cheryl Ray Stout, who was featured in the book. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, Sasha. How are you? How long have I known you now? This has got to be 40 years. Yes, 40 plus. Wow. You know, it, it's really amazing because one thing I could tell you about Cheryl and I, I have more wrinkles than she does. <laughs> Oh, she's, she's giving <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> well, you, I, I mentioned the title of your book there, George. Tell me a story I don't know. What are some of the stories that you heard that really surprised you? Well, there were a lot of stories I've done. Well, give me one. Well, there was about a, I interviewed about 100 people. Wow. And uh, the one that and I, I just mentioned this to Dave Revson today because it's the story of stories of all of them that I did have no idea. Dave Revson is the uh, the face of the Big Ten Network. He was the original face of the Big Ten Network. Mm -hmm. So when I interviewed him, he told me this story about, you know, golfing while he was on vacation. So this is Martha's Vineyard, and it's 20 years ago, and he, I think he has the first of his three kids, I believe, and this was a baby. And he looks at his wife and he says, I really need to get away. Can I please go golfing? And she said, okay, fine. So he finds a local golf course and he's going to get involved with a foursome. He's getting late. He finally gets there and he's being introduced to the foursome. Uh, hi, I'm this guy. Hi, I'm this guy. And the guy he's playing with, hi, I'm OJ Simpson. And I was like, this it was hilarious. First of all, it's impossible to believe right. that he is paired up with O.J. Simpson. Right. I mean, my jaw just dropped. I mean, well, my jaw dropped too. And so he, you know, he told me there were some. He never mentioned anything to him. You know, they just golfed and whatever. And you know, surprisingly to him, that O.J. didn't recognize him because he was an anchor at ESPN. But apparently, he did not. And but afterwards, he made a couple of good cracks about it but i would say that that was probably the most surprising story oh yeah that. that is surprising that podcast i mentioned right it's got the same name how did you move into podcasting well i was let go by wbbm news radio so this is july of 2020 and within two weeks first of all i'm 66 and a half then i'm not done yet you know, i want to keep working yeah i knew nothing about podcasts i had to do Crash, That's what they all say. Crash, crash course learning. Must have talked to two dozen people, people I never heard of who understood, gave me a lot of advice, looked at tutorials. What equipment I, to buy? Well, yes. Well, I had a friend of mine who gave me a nice microphone. That helped. But also, you know, I just had to understand what I was going to do. And I took the experience I had in radio and used that as part of the interview process along with a lot of sound. You know, wound up with this young gentleman in Tampa named T.J. Reeves, a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine in Memphis, Dave Voloshin. I went to high school with him. He's a big fish in Memphis, does the Memphis Tigers. He says, I want to introduce you to this guy. Calls me up. He says, any friend of Dave Voloshin's is a friend of mine, and he has guided me through this podcast now for the last three-plus years. Wow. And coincidentally, as we are taping, the, this is the last podcast. The podcast is over. It, it ends this week. 
and I am the last subject of the podcast. So it is kind of a paradox. Is that it I a am, long wow. podcast? It's so. It's, no, this is part two, Cheryl. Okay. Of course, <laughs> that'd be fun. So, yeah. so is this kind of like your exit interview with me? Well, the kind of yes. This is the, I, this is coincidental, but it's also a paradox. Here I'm I am always pushing looking for some kind of exclusive here on WBEZ. Well, yeah, it's I'm pushing a podcast that's ending, but that had to happen because basically we ran out of guests. Well, we got the birth of a book, right, with the yes. same name. Before I, I talk to, to Cheryl here, tell me more about how you chose the different Chicago sports legends that you featured, because you've got quite the range. These were all people that had connections to Chicago. So they were either people that are here, people who came here from Chicago, or have some kind of relationship to the city. Um, for example, Bob Costas. His relationship is that he has done so many major events here. Mm-hmm. Bob Costas' first Super Bowl as uh, pre- and post-game was Super Bowl Twenty when the Bears won that 35-plus years ago, almost 36 now. Yeah. Uh, he was also the... He was the play-by-play voice of 19 television Bulls games in 1979 and 80, wearing a gold jacket for WGN-TV, for those people who can remember, <laughs> 43 years ago. And then he wound up doing the Sandberg game, one of the most famous games played at Wrigley Field, and, of course, the six NBA championships, and he was the voice and the play-by-play voice of the last yeah. dance because Marv Albert had been fired. So that's part of it. You get those. There's people that I had never known before that people connected me to, like Cassidy Hubbard of ESPN. I didn't know her. Mm-hmm. Well, she grew up in Evanston, and she was a wonderful guest. And yeah. Lisa Byington, who is the voice of the, the Chicago Sky and the Milwaukee Bucks, right. I, I, I was hooked up with her. And when I emailed her, would you do it? She says, I'd love to. I already listened to it. I said, holy cow, that's <laughs> that's, a, that's amazing. <laughs> well, well, let's talk more to Cheryl here because, Cheryl, we've talked, we've exchanged stories in the past. You've been in this business for a long more time. than four decades. <laughs> yes. Uh, I wasn't aware until I read George's book that you were given a certain nickname at one point, <laughs> the straw that stirs the drink. Or broke the camel's back, depending, <laughs> on, the, depending on the day. <laughs> Tell us that story. Well, Chet Kopic was uh, hired at where I worked at WMAQ Radio, and, and I was actually there a couple years before he came. And then he had gotten fired from Channel 5, and WMAQ Radio... Uh, decided to let him do a sports talk show. And so he did a sports talk show. It was from 6 to 7 o'clock in the evening. And it would either be before a Bulls game or a White Sox game because we had the rights to them. Well, I get hired to be his producer. Now, he doesn't know me at all. So I hear him tell somebody, yeah, they hired some broad (laughs) to to be my producer. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) The challenge is there. The gauntlet is down. Yeah. So I'm in a small office. They gave me this. It was like in a corner. There was nobody around. I had a phone. I had a calendar. That's all I had. So I pick up the phone and I call up the Cubs. Uh, Arlene Gill was her name. She was the secretary to Dallas Green, the general manager of the Cubs. Mm -hmm. And I call her. I said, Arlene, my name is Cheryl Ray at the time. Uh, Can I book Dallas Green? to be a guest for this new talk show. She did it. It was the first guest that Chet ever had. Wow. And Chet was like, I guess this broad knows something. Blown away. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just a matter of, you know, just doing that. And then at the end of the show, he said, and produced by Cheryl Ray Stout, oh, sorry, it was Cheryl Ray, the straw that stirs the drink. (laughs) 
How about that? Wow. You know, the funny thing, too, is when I interviewed Cheryl, um, and I didn't include that that story <clears throat> with uh, Dallas Green, but the best stories with Cheryl were her relationship with the Bulls and Michael Jordan. Yeah. And breaking not just one Michael Jordan story, but yes, two of them. You got to tell us that story. It's it's just you know it's one of those things, and you 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 hang a star uh, or something on your wall that says, "I'm the one that did that." Yeah. Well, it's 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 just a matter of, <clears throat> I was one of those people that, I wanted to know everybody, not not the players, the training staff, coaches, security guards, you know, all sorts of people. Mm-hmm. And that's where I found a lot of information. Yeah. And what happened was, is Michael had retired from the Bulls. And that was 1993, October 4th, 1993. It was my mother's birthday. That's why I never like, forget. Why do you remember the exact date? <laughs> it was my mom's birthday. Tell <laughs> so anyway, I get, I'm at a Bulls game, and somebody that was connected to the baseball team and the Bulls says to me, Michael's going to play baseball. Now, the only reason why I went, oh, that sounds interesting, is because 19 months before that, I had talked to Michael. He had gone to uh, Comiskey Park at the time. He had thrown in the bullpen. He had taken batting practice. And we talked about baseball. I used to do pregame interviews Mm -hmm. with everybody, Michael specifically. So I'm doing an interview with him, and he was telling me about baseball, and we talked about our love for it. He told me his dad that was his favorite sport. Yeah, I mean, you developed quite the rapport with him. Yeah, I did. Because I used to go to the night practices when other people didn't go. I went, and that's Mike would come to me and sit down and we'd talk. So, so this person says Mike was going to play baseball. So I call up my sports director. I go, Jim, I, I'm pretty sure this is a solid story. Let me work it through. He gave me two weeks, you know, a couple of weeks to do it. And I called, you know, I got, I call up the White Sox trainer. And I said, hey, I understand Michael is uh, working out with you. He goes, how do you know that? You're such you know, a good <laughs> reporter. Oh, I love it. But, he, but actually, the first one is when I called the security desk, and I had a friend that worked the security mm-hmm. desk. And I go, what time does Michael get there? She says, oh, about 10 o'clock. <laughs> then the Confirmation. Pause, the pause goes. She goes, oh, no. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to say that. Thank you. So it developed, and, and then eventually I broke the story about him playing baseball. And then when he came, when he, when he was coming back, people had dropped off covering the Bulls. Yeah, you're up at the Birdo, and there's only a few a handful of people there. Yeah, the curtain was down, mm-hmm. but I I'm like, this sounds like Jordan. I could hear the sound of the practice, but the other people didn't know. And I had a friend down. What in do you Florida. mean it sounds like Jordan? What did you hear? There is there is a screaming, yelling. You know, there's all sorts of activity. <laughs> the activity is more intense than you've ever heard before. Mm. And well, when they were, they used to practice at uh, another place. They used to have a, a, a plastic curtain, and they had the players crunch it for me so I could look at it. <laughs> <laughs> but with with Michael, it was I knew something was up. Yeah. And I had a friend down in Florida that I I contacted. And he said Michael is he's he's left baseball. He's going to come back. So wow. So you got the scoop when he was leaving. Yeah. You got the come. scoop when he was coming back to the yeah. Bulls. That is incredible. How did you feel at that time? I mean, were, were you covering basketball, George? Well, I was, I was, yeah, I was, <clears throat> excuse me, 19, so it's 1993. I'm, yeah. with, I'm with the score. I'm and, just thinking as yeah. a competitor, you're like, oh, I wanted that story. Not 
particularly, I didn't know what was going on other than, you know, there were rumors because the White Sox were playing a playoff game and there were rumors flying around. So he, that, he was, he threw out the first pitch. That's right. Yeah. And so, but it was a phenomenal story uh, that, you know, he decided to go play baseball and then he decided to come back. And that was just, you know, it's an amazing part. We we're very lucky. Cheryl and I were very yeah. lucky to have sat courtside for the greatest player in the history of perhaps sports when you sit when you sit when you're sitting courtside of a michael jordan game you are watching something that you've never seen before oh, i'm so jealous and, and what i would do is i would like decide to departmentalize i would like just watch his feet for a game you know you would do because there was something special about mm -hmm. we have not had anybody of that height of just beauty mm -hmm. on the court right in innate abilities that are above and beyond it's like you know, the kid with the blackhawks now connor bedard he's another one of those guys that you see and you yeah. know that he's he's only 18 years old but he's going to be like a michael jordan in hockey yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah you mentioned earlier george you know some of the people's stories i mean not just surprise you but they're, they're just folks that you didn't even know about mm -hmm. right that, that landed yeah. in the book somebody who you featured that i knew about and i'm a huge fan of mike wilbin yeah mm -hmm. Big fan of him on on pardon pardon the interruption on great ESPN. Show. Yeah. Had no idea he was from Chicago. Oh, oh yeah, yeah no, Southside. Southside. How did I miss Southside that? Cubs fans? Southside <laughs> Southside Cubs fans. I've I've known him for the better part yeah. of thirty five years because he was a columnist and well, he's a reporter and columnist for the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. And he'd be here all the time. He was the first person that we decided. I decided that we were going to use Michael as the first guy. He just you simply is a great representative. In a class by himself. Yes. In the book. Well, he is along with several others. Yeah. And. Uh, but uh, he was great because at the end of that first podcast, he said, this was great. Uh, I feel like I'm on a couch. It's been cathartic. <laughs> so it was a therapy and, session. Yes. And then but, Dr. Uh, but, George. A lot, but a lot of people felt the same way, saying this was great. And I it was great to get all these stories out. I didn't remember. So he set the tone. The funny thing about when we started was we were, I was going to start this on January 12th of 2021. But the Bears might have made the playoffs. I said, you know what? Let's push it another week. It's January 19th, the day before Biden takes office. I said, I don't think so. I I just got the funny feeling. Let's wait. So it debuts on the 35th anniversary of the Bears winning the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And from there we went on. I canned some of these interviews. And we've had a lot of very, very interesting people. Plus, there's a lot of human interest stories in here as yes. well, Sasha. And there's, you know, people like Jason Benetti, who I've, yeah, I've, I've said so many him. times. Oh. He doesn't wear a heart on his sleeve. His whole body is it's a heart. heart. Yeah. He is just an extraordinary individual who's had to battle uh, cerebral palsy and still does so to this date. But his, you know, his persona is such that, you know, mm -hmm. and he's moving up the ladder. And unfortunately, we lost him. We lost them all from the, from the White Sox to the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. But there are other people who tell these wonderful human interest stories. And I think that's a great part of the book. People like uh, Peggy Kaczynski, who... Now, stepped in the bucket of that, you know, question to Patrick Kane that everybody looked around and you know, we all said, here's a shovel. You're going to have to dig yourself out. Mm -hmm. But she's going through a terrible time because her sister is battling cancer. And now this whole incident goes, you know, social media. And she has a she admits she has a breakdown in a hotel in St. Louis and the Blackhawks backed her. It's yeah. just a wonderful, wonderful so story. So many good stories in there. I, I mean, speaking of the Bears, uh uh, former safety Gary Fensick yep. catches my eye. Actually, he kicks off your football section of the book, mm -hmm. right? Which I think 
that was a no-brainer. Um, you open with a, a series of baseball features, and you start with Joe Madden. Joe Madden is, you know, there are two managers that really, and Cheryl and I have managed to have to interview a lot of these managers, yes. most of whom have been, yeah, forget about them. <laughs> but Joe Madden and Ozzie Guillen are so unique, <laughs> both incredible fresh air type of guys. With, Not afraid. No. And in, in the case of Ozzy, it was, you know, the, the four-letter words were, like, just all over the place. But, you know, we, it was endearing in its own right. But Joe was, like, perfect timing for the management of the Cubs to hire him, uh, led him to a World Series. They had a disconnect. And he wrote a book about it. Now I'm forgetting the name of the book for a moment. But... So I interviewed him about that, mm -hmm. and the story really is is not just about that, but his feeling that he was being managed by management. And mm. he put this in the book, which is why after he got fired by the Angels, which is why he's never going to be hired no, again. He's never going to be managed yeah, he's again. 70, oh, this is it. He's 71 or 72 now. He's a smart guy. He's and, been he, around. and he was never afraid to say what was wrong. Right. The he, fact that no. upper the front offices are managing the managers in the dugout. And which, he was, and he didn't want that. Yeah. Which is good because both of these guys won World Series. Yeah. And you know, when you get that, you get some of that power. In the case of Ozzie Gein, he's just a great story because he just it didn't matter. He spoke his mind, and sometimes he was crazy, well, but that uh, was great. The first time he was on the air at WMQ Radio was spring training. He had been traded, of course, to the White Sox. We had him on the air live. He had never been on live radio before. Wow. It was 1985. Yes, and we didn't have the uh, the button on. Uh-oh. <laughs> so guess what comes out of his mouth? Wow. Uh, a four-letter yeah. word? Oh, it was a little bit more. Okay. Um, so I had to call the FCC. <laughs> and, and He never changed, Square that away good. with them. Uh, I think we have the name of the book. The Book of Joe. The Book Trying of Joe. Trying not to suck at baseball and life. Right. He did a yeah. tremendous tour on that, and I was very fortunate to, to get him to do the, the podcast. But uh, a, a wonderful guy, refreshing guy, and a championship manager. Cheryl, what was it like getting the call from George to say, hey, your journey's been so inspiring. I want to put this in my book. I want to share it with the world. It was, uh, it felt good that somebody recognized what I do and what I've done. And George and I, we've sat next to each other in press box game after game, Thousands years and year after year. I think that's one of the best parts of this is, is like, you know, it coming from one of your peers, right? Right. Like, oh, wow, he sees me. Right. And and, and your thing is, is... We, to, to understand what we do as sports reporters, and I'm the last one in radio mm -hmm. that covers all the games. I'm, there's nobody else but me. Sometimes I'm sitting by myself most times. Is that in, the, in our heyday, our, the press box would be filled with us. And we would, you know, we would go back and forth of what we agreed or disagreed about, you know, people, games, or whatever was going on. But that's, that's missing. And so being able to talk to George allowed me to talk about something that's now gone. We were a group of chatterboxes. And this is when radio was exploding. The Three Stooges was the big thing. Yeah, the radio was exploding. <laughs> so what you had now is a press box that was a quiet press box that wasn't press box quiet anymore. And there might have, may have been as many as a dozen of us, whether it was the back row of the old Comiskey Park or wherever. The third row. And we just, we were talking. So I remember this one time. I don't know if you were there or not. So, you know, the writers, they want quiet. Yeah. And a lot of them didn't accept us at first. And Ron Rappaport, who was a writer for the Sun-Times, Sun a columnist, turns around one day and goes, shut up. 
and we <laughs> shut up. And it's like, you know, we have to kind of act like pros, too, even though we talk a lot. But I can't lie. That's happened to me, too. Oh, it's, this is what we do <laughs> yeah. for a living. We talk I'm a lot. I'm also a chatterbox. Well, and, and Cheryl's right. She's what's happened in our industry is kind of like newspapers. So we've become the dinosaurs of this industry. But what's a shame is but Chicago is still a huge sports town. Huge. That's what so you, many teams. you can write a book like you did because yes. there's so many stories to tell. So on that note, give us your final pitch, George. Why should folks pick up a copy of this book? What, what do you hope they walk away with when they do read it? Entertainment and um, kind of an education to a lot of people. We have 50 vignettes in the book. So they get to read about a lot of different people. Um, and I have had people buy this book that don't know who I am and don't know a lot about sports, but they're going to give it as a gift, and it's a great stocking stuffer. There's somebody out there that's going to want to have this book, and you're going to be able to read about 50 different people, including Sarah Kustak and, of course, Cheryl and so many others. Yeah. Uh, and you'll learn a little more about them because the whole idea of the podcast and the book is to bring them to life, and that's exactly what I do here. And look out for that beautiful forward from Mike Greenberg, too. <laughs> well, Greeny is just great because uh, I'm the first person he worked with professionally at WMAQ All News. Yeah. He, was, he was an he, intern. He was an intern. He was a paid intern. And he was assigned to me, <clears throat> he said, wow, this is what I want to do for a living. Well, he's kind of gone on to do a few other things. And like I said before, the only difference between Greeny and I are the zeros at the back of our check. <laughs> he, used, he used to practice in the small studio of Mike Greenberg oh, yeah. and pretend he was Bob Costas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> memories. We'll leave it there. That's George Offman, former sports radio broadcaster, a podcaster, and author of Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, Conversations with Chicago Sports Legends. And one of the sports legends featured in the book, WBEZ sports contributor Cheryl Ray Stout. Thank you both so much. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Appreciate it.